welcome to NPP Soundbites. I'm Lisa Lintern. Rachel Slade has watched the NPP grow from a number of different perspectives. As a director on the board of NPP Australia and from within participating organisations, most recently in her role as Group Executive Personal Banking at the National Australia Bank. In this episode of MPP Soundbites, Rachel reflects on whether the MPP we see today meets the expectations set by the Real-Time Payments Committee back in 2013, and the lessons we should apply to the work currently underway to bring the mandated payment service to life. Thanks so much for joining me today, Rachel. Well, thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm pretty excited to be here after what's been quite a long journey. Well, yes, you have been deeply involved with the MPP, both as a board member and as someone overseeing the implementation of the MPP within your own financial institution. Can you describe for me what it's been like to watch the MPP switch on and and grow over the past three years? Well, yeah, and, and you know, um, three—it feels like longer than three years. So that's probably um, probably part of part of my answer. But if I think of the industry as a whole, I mean, it's been a pretty big journey from starting with what was, you know, a few scratchings on a whiteboard somewhere, to what became a bit of a steering committee, and then really, you know, really grew some legs, got the commitment uh, from all of the industry players, got some money and some capital. Um, you know, engaged vendors, built, you know, having the regulator around the table as a, as a participant had its interesting moments as well. But to really, um, really see now true volume going through the platform um, has been pretty exciting. And, and watching it really mature as well, MPPA, in terms of the organisation into a fully fledged um, operating business has been, has been fantastic. And then if I put my, um, you know, my, my NAB hat on, being part of that inside an institution has been great. And I think one of the uh, interesting things, if I reflect on why it's been good for us internally, is I think about the strong support that NPPs had from executives and not just executives in the payments part of the business, but I think executives in the, in the customer-facing parts of the business, really understanding the benefits for customers has been really critical. Um, clearly, the innovation opportunities sparked some sparked some imagination around the place. And obviously, the things we can do with data in terms of, of managing risk and controls has been, has been part of it as well. So great journey and not finished yet, of course. Exactly. So before we look to the future, you mentioned the Real-Time Payments Committee. Do you think that we as an industry have met the expectations that were set for us back then? I think it was in 2013. Yeah, well, if I think, you know, what were those expectations about? They were really about competition and, and innovation. So, you know, putting that pressure back on the on the industry. And, let, and let's remember that that pressure came with a, a little bit of a, um, a threat as well, which is, you know, you guys need to get organised or it's going to happen to you. I was reflecting on, you know, I've been involved in lots and lots of industry type initiatives and usually things that require the level of collaboration that something like MPP needs uh, fall over well before the finish line. So I think about the fact it's operating um, significant volumes going through that MPP um, has got a really clear roadmap, I think, for to continue that innovation and drive some really important change. So yeah, I think 
I think we have. You know, we've learned a lot along the way. So let's zoom into your own organisation's experience with the MPP. Can you talk to me about NAB's journey with the MPP? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that we've probably learned is to kind of keep up with what our customers are expecting. You've got to get different parts of organisations working together. So whether it's technology, business, and even business, it's not just it's not just one division. You've got your corporate and institutional focus, your um, commercial focus, and then and then your retail focus. So I think that level of of connectivity is really critical. And I think the other thing it's it's helped us to do is really, um, you know, and I'm a bit of a payments nerd, Lisa, you know that. So, um, but I've, I've been able to galvanise, you know, some friends into my payments nerd club because we remind ourselves that actually as, as big banks, there's only three things we really do, right? So we lend money, we hold deposits and we make payments and, um, and making payments. There's, there's a reason why there's lots and lots of, investment and fintech money and excitement around the planet and payments because it's a really important part of what we do and there's lots of data that goes with those payments so I think here at here at NAB you know joining those dots and creating a bit of a you know a a coalition of the willing um, to keep to keep committed to what we want to do has been really important but clearly the pull from the pull from our customers has been has been a big part of that journey. So have there been use cases in particular that are driving MPP growth at NAB so far? Well, like lots, and there's a few things going on. So there's use cases where we're getting pull from our corporate and institutional customers. So, um, you know, we've been really growing our success in the transactional banking space. And I think our, our leadership and our innovation around NPP has been a big big part of that so relationships with some of our clients clearly I can't um, talk in too much detail about those but um, some of the interesting things we've done is you know sort of use NPP together with other things to solve problems for customers so I think that's really important lens if we put put the corporate and institutional hat on is how do you solve problems that customers have got using NPP and the capabilities that that it can bring Um, and then secondly you know we think about some of the other business problems that NPP and particularly that ISO 20022 messaging standard can help with, uh, particularly around richer data. So whether that's for transaction monitoring, um, data, understanding data and, and trends and patterns. So there's lots of things that's, that, that are supporting us. So you referenced your customers in terms of helping to drive demand. How have they responded to the MPP? What sort of feedback have you received from customers about their MPP-enabled experiences? Yeah, so the customers that are, you know, that are live on it are really excited and probably probably having some of their expectations exceeded in terms of what the capability can, can bring to them. I think it's been interesting how customers engage with us because we've seen some customers, and I'm talking much more at the, you know, at the corporate end here, some customers have actually put out particular requests for tender around NPP capability so that's, that's, you know, one thing for us to respond to and then deliver on. And then for other clients, they'll be actually just talking more broadly about their transactional banking and we'll be able to bring to the table, you know, use cases and ways of solving their problems uh, using NPP. And so I think as we always imagined, NPP is kind of a set and it's not one capability, right, a set of capabilities and growing capabilities that sort of sits in the background and 
for us to have in our toolkit uh, in supporting our customers. So pretty positive and um, lots of feedback we get is about the way we're taking NPP capability to drive innovation with our clients. So I appreciate financial services is a highly competitive space, so you may not be able to reveal too much to me with this next question, but what can you tell me about NAB's future plans to use the MPP's capabilities? Yeah, um, so, you know, without going into specifics, I would say, you know, we're we're continuing to invest in, in NPP and we're continuing to think about how we bring those capabilities to play with other things. We're pretty excited about um, the opportunities that come with the mandated payment service because we think that adds a whole nother layer of opportunity. I think also in the risk space, I know I did mention it, but I think as we start to, um, you know, to use those messaging standards and data, um, whether it's around things like IFTs and sanctions and other things, there's lots of opportunity. So in terms of the mandated payment service, are there any lessons we should be applying from the MPP's initial launch to the work that's happening today to bring the mandated payment service to life? Yeah, I, I think so. I think one is is getting really clear on what, you know, sort of what you need to be ready with in market to make things uh, effective that need that that network impact, you know, and we know we weren't where we wanted to be on day one when we went live with the, you know, the basic infrastructure. So I think understanding that and being really clear about, about how we're going to get there. And then I think, you know, the other thing where, and this is, I think, a learning that we've had at MPP over our journey is just being a little bit more pointed about what requirements are and what compliance looks like so we need we're starting to I think really mature in terms of saying what does an industry what does a standard look like and what what level is um is expected and even and you know and mandated different mandated obviously to the mandated service but um and I think that's really really critical that we get there and then really encouraging um, participants through their builds to be transparent about where they're going to be by when because that that obviously helps I think helps the industry get ready as well and helps create less confusion for customers and in this case for merchants as well. At the moment, there is also a great deal of attention on the payment system itself. What do you anticipate could come from the review of the Australian payments system that is currently underway? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Everybody goes to, you know, well, interchange, interchange will be, will get some attention. Look, I think it will, but um, I'm sort of hopeful that, because um, it's really a re- review of regulation, right? So I'm really hopeful for some some simplification in that space. And, I, and look, I don't think we're going to get this, but I think sometimes I talk about the, um, the industry is a bit of a hoarder, Lisa, when it comes to payments infrastructure, right? We've still got, we've still got checks out there. We've still got BECs, you know, we've got MPP. Obviously we've got, um, you know, the industry consolidation that, that's planned. So, so I'm hoping um, something that looks at a much more uh, simplified framework for regulation in the payment space and 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 a little bit more encompassing so a bit more of a level playing field including as many players as possible because I think that also helps go to one of the things we're trying to drive is is access which goes to innovation Uh, so simplification would be great. Well on that note Rachel thanks so much for joining me today. My absolute pleasure Lisa.